Is your church the church of the Bible? What does your church teach about salvation? So, we've talked a lot about the basics thus far. The importance of your church's foundation, when and where your church began, and the name of your church, but today, we're looking at a subject that's a bit more personal. At what point does your church teach that an individual is saved? The subject of salvation, the point in which a person is forgiven of their sins, is of great importance to those of us who are Christians. Jesus, after all, came to this earth and died so that we might be forgiven of our sins. Through his shed blood, we find redemption and a hope of heaven. So, we want to open up our Bibles and find out how to come in contact with that blood. We want to know what the church of the first century, the church of the Bible, taught about salvation. The churches of today have a wide variety of opinions on how someone is saved. Some teach that our faith in Jesus alone is sufficient for salvation. Some denominations tell people to recite the sinner's prayer. Some believe in mourner's bench salvation that a person must go to an altar and confess their sins and try to pray through to God and wait for a sign or a vision from heaven. Some teach that men and women are born in sin and must be baptized in infancy, then grow up serving the Lord and obeying Him. Denominations that teach the modern-day idea of predestination believe that God has already determined specifically who is saved and who's not, and that nothing we do can change this prearranged appointment Plenty in the world think that God will save everyone, that he's too loving to send anyone to hell, and that Jesus' death saved everyone for all time. In the past, religious groups have taught the idea that you can pray for the salvation of loved ones who have already left this life. We could spend all day talking about all the differing ideas, but as always, our concern is this. What about the Church of the Bible? What did it teach? Well, we know that faith is essential, Scripture tells us without faith it's impossible to please him, but that faith comes from somewhere specific. It doesn't come from within ourselves, it's not found in some fuzzy feeling we get in our heart, and our faith doesn't come from seeing some vision or hearing some voice in the middle of the night. Rather, Romans 10 and 17 tells us that our faith must come from hearing the Word of God. If your faith isn't produced from a study of Holy Scripture, it's meaningless. In truth, many people in the religious world claim to have faith, but they got it from somewhere other than the Bible. In Acts chapter 2, we learn that repentance is necessary to receive salvation. Repentance is a change of mind that leads to a change in our conduct. When someone truly repents of their sins, they make a decision to change the direction of their life. They resolve to put away sin and live for God. Jesus said a long time ago, Except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. With a penitent and believing heart, the Bible teaches it is appropriate to make a confession of our faith. In Acts chapter 8, we find an Ethiopian nobleman studying with an evangelist named Philip, and seeing a body of water, he asks, What hinders me from being baptized? Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And the nobleman made the good confession, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Romans chapter 10 confirms a confession of Christ must be made unto salvation. After making that good confession, the nobleman then went down into the water with Philip and was baptized. This is in perfect harmony with the teaching found in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. And Jesus himself confirms in Mark 16 and 16 that baptism is necessary to be saved. 
According to Romans, we're buried with Christ by baptism, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Well, what about after our baptism? What then? Scripture tells us we must be obedient to God our Father and live the rest of our lives in accordance with His Word. So, man's part in the salvation process is quite clear when you read the Bible. We have to hear the Word of God, believe on Jesus, repent of our sins, confess Christ before men, and submit to baptism in order to have our sins remitted. After receiving the remission of those sins, we can call ourselves Christians. Like the disciples who were baptized on the day of Pentecost, according to Acts chapter 2 and 47, we're added to the church. We continue the rest of our lives in obedience to God's commands, and when we stand before him in judgment, we'll be allowed to enter into the joys of heaven. Now, the big question. Do the churches of today teach the same thing as the Bible? Well, stack the popular ideas on salvation up against what we've just read from the Word of God and decide for yourself. Are the modern doctrines being taught parallel with the Bible? Or are there contradictions? You know, it's a sad truth, but one of the greatest tricks that the devil ever plays isn't necessarily the temptation of sin, but rather convincing a person that they're saved when they really aren't. So, what about your church? Does your church teach the same things about salvation that the church of the Bible taught? Or does your church teach something different? Is your church the church of the Bible? If not, then what are you doing there?